You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we are going to, we'll see if this holds together. I've got a number of scriptures on my heart that I've had on my heart for some time and certainly through this week, and we're just going to pretend that they all mesh together into a coherent message this morning. Um, But we've been talking in general terms for some time about being good stewards over the encounters that we have with God, those personal times when we have those moments where the Lord reveals something to us or or in some way presents himself to us that are really life-changing moments. And we've been talking about the fact that we have some responsibility over those, that those are not to be ignored, that there are things that we can do, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, to position ourselves uh, to have those encounters with God. There are things that we can do both inwardly and outwardly that position ourselves to to have those connection points with God more and more and more frequently. And then we've talked about things that we need to do and we will continue to to steward those. We don't want to just have those times where we hear God speak to our hearts or something like that. He addresses something on the inside of us. And then we just kind of go on back into life. We want to be sure that we are taking those seriously, that we are carrying those times with us, that we are embracing the changes that God makes And so I want to go back to a verse we looked at quite some time ago, and I don't have any notes on the screen for you this morning, um, so you may want to get something out to write with or write on. But this has been kind of one of the foundation verses for this, Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. And this is from the New Living Translation. It says it this way. It says, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for those. We're not accountable for the things that God hasn't shown us, is what he's saying. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. So the the point there, of course, this is Moses preparing uh, the children of Israel and and talking about uh, where they are going. and, And he's saying the things that God reveals, as God reveals to us, we're accountable for those. We have a responsibility over those. And it's true for each and every one of us. If we're going to walk out God's plan and God's purpose for us, if we're, we're going to live that life that we want to live, we are accountable for those things. And, you know, it's, it's, that is, there's a general truth to that. There's a very personal truth to that, that every human being has to deal with. And and that's why it's so important that people wrestle with whatever you have to wrestle with to get yourself in a position where you are ready to receive what God has in your life. And if you're wrestling with whether God exists or not, you're not the first, okay? Lots of people have done that. But it, But do it with an open heart and an open mind, because I'm telling you from personal experience and the experience of many people that I know and a lot of people from my generation, if you will approach God with an open heart and say, show yourself to me, and you will keep that heart open, he will show himself to you in a way that you can get it and you can understand it. Because the truth is, every one of us 
we are going to stand in that place of accountability. We are going to stand before God. You're not going to stand before me and I'm not going to stand before you. Your opinion of me or what I do, my opinion of you, you know, it, it doesn't, some of those, they're important to us on a certain level, but not in comparison to what God thinks. We're, you're going to be accountable to God, not to me, not to anybody else in your life. You're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of your life. And I think the things that are the most important in that are obviously what he has revealed to you, what he does show you of himself. Those are the things we're going to stand and, and give an account of. What did we do with this? So again, the, the whole point is we want to steward these things well. We want to put ourselves, and this is what I want to talk to you about today that's a real key in this whole subject that we're talking about, is learning to position ourselves. There are two words that have come up in my heart over the last few weeks about this. And one of, one of them is position and posture. And they're kind of two different things. And I want to talk to you first about positioning yourself. And here are some, these are, these are questions I want us to think about this morning. How do you position yourself in relationship to the, in relation to the Lord and what he's doing? Okay, and what I mean by that is where do you see yourself where do you imagine yourself when you think about the Lord and the things that he is doing and saying and his activities in the earth and all of that, or even just the Lord himself, what, where do you picture yourself in that? And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. I grew up in a situation where Jesus was presented as hanging on a cross. He was either a baby or he was hanging on a cross. Those are the, those are the only two options that you had. And, and so he was way up there at the front. He was still on that cross. There was no real evidence of the resurrection, of the fact that he is no longer on that cross, that he's alive and I'm alive in him. There was a distance to that picture. And a lot of people, you might have grown up with something different than what I did, but a lot of people grow up with some sort of distant picture of God. Or if you picture yourself before the Lord, what do you see? Do you, do you see yourself only, because this is legitimate, but only flat on your face, sucking rug, you know? Is that the only picture you have? Do you ever lift your head? Because we're actually called in the New Testament because of what Jesus did on that cross, we are called into a face-to-face relationship and a face-to-face -face worship with him. And I'm not in any way putting down the reverence. There are times where all of us spend time on the floor, face down before the Lord. And that's a good thing. That's a good place for a good encounter with God. Okay, so I'm not putting down any of that. I'm saying we're called into something more than that. We are at all times and no matter what's going on, we are in him and he is in us. There's no distance, there's no separation. Even when we sin because of his blood, there's no distance, there's no separation. We might need to make a correction. We do need to make a correction. And he will present that to us and we will have the opportunity of repentance to close, to close any problems that happen in the relationship. But we are always in him and he in us. Do you see that? Do you see yourself in that position? Do you see yourself seated in him, in heavenly places. That's what the scripture says about us. That is a very different perspective on life than 
the perspective that, no, God's distant. He doesn't really like me very much and I'm being trampled on by life. Those are two very different perspectives and will motivate you to live very differently. And so this whole, there are different aspects to this, but this whole, it's just where I wanted to start is, where do you see yourself? What is your position in your heart and in your mind in relation to the Lord and the things that he's doing in the earth? And and secondly, are you, how do you, how would I ask that? How do you position the Lord, this isn't the same question I just asked. How do you, in your mind, in your thinking, position the Lord in relation to your everyday life? Do you visit him once in a while or is he right there with you in the midst of it? Do you? Because if he's right there in the midst of your life with you, then it's pretty easy and pretty natural to ask him questions, to listen, to walk with him, to let him lead, that kind of thing. We're going to see in a minute that the psalmist said, I have set the Lord at all times before me. Okay, and I don't want to get ahead of myself on that. So in your life, here's another question. Are you intentional about placing yourself, positioning yourself where God is, where God is likely to show up there are places that God's really likely to show up, like in his word, like in a quiet devotional time before him, uh, in places where we have, you know, the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. So are you positioning yourself in stillness at times? Or is it just always busy, always noisy, always always thinking, always on the phone, always listening to music, always, 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 always. Is there any stillness? I mean, there are a lot of things we could bring into this. There are a lot of examples of this. The Lord shows up and manifests himself. He said, he said, where two or three are gathered in his name. He said, I'll be there. And we have this, we have the, we've talked about this a lot, but we have this thing in the scripture we know that God is everywhere all the time, right? He's omnipresent. Do you know that? You, you know that, right? He's everywhere all the time. It's one of the things that makes him God, okay? Nevertheless, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'll be there. Well, what does he mean by that? There's, there's this difference between the presence of God that's everywhere all the time and what we refer to as the manifested presence of God, when God reveals himself, when God is moving, when the spirit of the Lord is moving, when, when he is revealing something from his word, when he's impacting your heart, when he's moving you to lay hands on a sick person and see that person recover. I mean, there's, you know, there are all these places where he is manifesting himself. He's in motion. It's, there's, a, there's a sense of his manifested presence. That is something that we're told to seek. Why do we have to seek him if he's everywhere all the time? Because it's not just seeking the fact that he's everywhere all the time. It's seeking him. It's seeking that encounter with him. We are told to knock. We are told to ask. Why are we told those things? Why doesn't it just happen? It's because it's not the way he set it up. He set us up and himself up. He is relational. 
And he wants this to be, this is, this is not a spectator sport. This God thing it is not a spectator deal. It is an interactive uh, relationship with the Lord. So, so are we being intentional? We're wanting to position ourselves to have these encounters with God. Are we being intentional about being in the places where he is, he's going to manifest himself there? Those are places where he's very likely, we are very likely to have one of those encounters with the Lord that's impacting in our life, that changes us, it changes who we are, and changes often the direction of our lives. So, one, just one example of this, and I, I really want to move on from this, but this whole idea of how do you see yourself. When you're in a situation, we talked this morning, we had that little word and that little prayer time about people coming in and, and feeling surrounded and feeling, you know, enemies everywhere. And God's response to that being, well, what I'm going to do is set a table and we're going to sit down. We're going to turn our backs on the enemies because they're not so big. And we're going to sit down and we're going to eat. And we're going to fellowship. And we're going to commune. We're going to have this time together. That's God's response to that, it, those are the kinds of places where we need to have that in the midst of our heart, that we position ourselves, we go to the table. All right, we go to the table. We sit down with him. We set aside the things that are trying to agitate and distract and pull us away. And we go and we sit down and, and we understand that God is a God who wants that kind of fellowship with us. And wants that time with us. And if that's not in our hearts, it can be. We can get there. We can spend time in his word. We can see who Jesus is. We can spend time getting to know him. And we can come to a place where comfortable isn't quite the right word exactly, but where we can be comfortable coming to the table. We can know we're welcome in his presence. We can know that because of the blood of Jesus, not because of us, we are welcome we are accepted. He wants to spend time with us. That mindset will put us in a position to hear what he has to say. The scripture says over in Romans chapter 10, uh, this, is, this is actually a quote from the Old Testament, but Romans chapter 10, verses six through eight, uh, Paul's writing and he says, the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. He's saying there, we need to get rid of the mindset that sees the Lord as distant from us. Who, who can be good enough, you know, to go, to go into heaven and to come into his presence? You know, get that mindset going. Who could, who could go to be with him? Who could bring him up? Who could bring him down? We can turn it into this religious, um, I don't even know what to call it, just this religious worldview that sees you, you know, sees myself as unworthy, as separated from God, as barely scraping by when what the scripture tells us is that, again, because of what Jesus has done, our sins are forgiven. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. 
We don't always act like it, but we still are. The word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. When you're facing difficulty, can you remember that this is your position? Can you remember, wait, now the word that he has for me, the word that'll bring me through this, the word that I need today, it's right here. It's right here. It's not far away. Somebody else doesn't have to go get it. It's right here. Is this making any sense to you? Yeah, good. That's good. You'll have to explain it to me later. So let's, I want to jump over, like I said, I'm really kind of jumping scripture to scripture. Psalm 16, verse 8. Uh, this is the one I mentioned to you a few minutes ago. The psalmist says, think about this. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That whole psalm is really good. We could have just taken the time to go through the whole thing. But I want you to see there, the psalmist is saying, he has done something. This is David speaking. I have set the Lord. That's why I asked, where do you and where do I position the Lord on a daily basis in regard to our life? He says, I have set the Lord always before me. It's, it's interesting. The Hebrew word that's translated set there means to place something in position specifically so that you can focus on it. Um, I was trying to think of a good example of that, of something that we uh, set in front of ourselves. I'd rather think of something besides a TV set, that's for sure. Uh, I was thinking, actually, I was thinking of the GPS on the dash of the car. I'm sure there are better things, but, but there are things that we set before us so that we can see it, so that we can focus on it. We, we put something before us, and that's what he's saying. He has made this heart decision, this is how I will see the Lord. Because you know he didn't actually move God, right? He didn't put, well, never mind. I won't even go off there. Uh, he didn't actually move the Lord, but in his heart, he set the Lord always before him, put him in a place where, so that he could focus on him. This is a heart attitude, this whole thing. He said, because he is at my right hand, that terminology, right hand, it always speaks of a position of special honor and significance. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? The, it, there, there are all kinds of examples of this in the scripture, this idea of, so I have set the Lord always before me because he is in a place of special significance and honor in my life. Because of that, he says, I will never be shaken. And that word shaken means to be violently displaced. It means to be broken down, to be shaken aside, to be violently displaced. He says, that will not occur because of the attitude that I have taken and what, where I have positioned God in my life. And again, our overall subject is, how do we steward well these transformational moments, these moments where the Lord uh, is, and this is preparation, is what this is. This is putting ourselves in a position to have those encounters with God. And so this, um, this whole thing, this whole thing, we've got to get in our minds the fact that 
the Lord has given to us everything, every promise is yes from him, amen from us. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has, Boyd just read us a list this morning of things that are ours in Christ and are his purpose for us. He has given us all of this and yet we are given the responsibility to seek and to pursue. We get to set the level of how much we seek him. Not just seek the things he's giving to us, but seek him. It's a package, okay? We seek him. His blessing, his favor comes with him. But we get to set that level of how much are we going to pursue? Where is he going to be in my life? And I know this is really basic, and yet, let's try to think of some examples of it. When we first got saved and were coming up in the Lord, it was pretty much um, just everybody, you know, and I say things like that, and I realize it's, it's not quite that way, but, but it was standard operating procedure for Christians to have a devotional time at the beginning of their day, a, a time that they spent on a daily basis in the Word, in some devotional prayer, maybe in some worship, time dedicated to God. Again, it comes back to the first fruits principle. You give the first part and the whole thing is represented in that first part and the whole thing is blessed. It was a time where we would feed on the Lord and he would speak to us and that kind of thing. It was just, and I mean, it was just across the board assumed that that was part of the Christian life. And then I've watched over the last 30 years or so, that diminished tremendously. And, and lots of other things uh, have followed that diminishing in our society and in our life. You know, uh, and I realize this is real old, but I mean, all the stores used to be closed on Sunday because people went to church on Sunday and they, and they gave that day to the Lord. And now most of us go to the store after church. You know, we come in here and then we go over to City Market. And all those people are working. And I mean, we've seen that kind of trend. Um, they didn't, the schools didn't used to have uh, sports stuff on Wednesday nights because there were so many midweek services on Wednesday nights. This was just in my lifetime. I mean, however old I am, it's still only one lifetime. And, and it's from young adult to now there's been that much of a shift. There's been this whole, and I've watched in, in the body, I've watched people have less and less, I, I ask a lot of people, you know, especially if they're coming in for counsel or whatever, you know, what's your, what's your time with the Lord like? Where are you setting that time aside to be able to hear from him? Because you need to hear from him. And very often the answer is, well, you know, I can't really do that. My job, my this, my that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Doesn't matter how early, you know, I used to plow snow at four o'clock in the morning. So I had to get up at two. So I'd have two things, <laughs> some devotional time and coffee. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, but, but you, you have to do whatever it takes to set the Lord before you, to have him in that special place of honor and significance. If, if, 
you want to have those divine encounters and walk with him in that way that I think most of you do, or you'd probably be somewhere else this morning. If you want to be out in this community as a light and carry the life of God and and hear what the Lord has to say and hear him direct you to pray for people and to, you know, to carry the presence of God into a dying world. If you want to be that person, you've got to make this a habitual part of your life. And some simple things you can do is have some time with God every day. It's not going to be spectacular every day. It's you know, our devotional time, church, all those kinds of things, they're disciplines that we build into our life because of the overall health and bent and direction and depth that it brings into our lives. So we just build them into our life. And we've said for years, you know, we come together like this and we, and we, we come here and we have this time and we have a, a meal in the word and we have all that. And, and some of them, some of our services are just really spectacular. And we see lots of stuff happening. They're like a holiday. They're like holiday time where all the best food is out and, you know, all that stuff. And everybody's happy. And other ones are just dinner. You know, they're, they're just brunch or whatever it is we have here. They're just, they're just a meal. But you eat, you eat both. You, you eat every day, I'll bet. I'll bet every one of us eats every day. And then you have those holiday times where they're really special. We have both. It's life. It's life in the body. It's life with the Lord. So I'm not trying to say that if you, you put yourself in this position that you're going to have one of those, you know, big transformational moments every single day of your life, but you're going to be, you're going to intentionally put yourself where he's really likely to show up. He shows up in times of worship. He shows up where a few people get together. You know, he said, where two or three of you come together in my name. So there's a reason we didn't just bump into each other. We came together with him at the center. He said, I'll be right there in the middle of it. I'll be right there in the middle of it. So we do that and we set ourselves up for these encounters. I don't know quite why I'm hammering this as much as I am. Let's go to another one. Yeah, um, Proverbs chapter 8. This is the last thing I'll say about position. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34. There are a lot of verses we could pull on this. It says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Blessed is the man who listens to me. And, and that always means more than just hears the sound of me. It means we're intentionally wanting to hear what he has to say watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. So again, you're, this scripture, we're positioning ourselves where he's going to show up, where he is. We aren't just going about our day and hoping he walks through our door, which he will because he's full of grace and love. He will, but it's saying, no, blessed is the man who listens to me and who watches daily at my door, positions himself at my doorway. That means I'm going where he's going to be. I'm going, and, I'm, and I love this because it's that picture of, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting there. I'm staying there. And, and again, I hope this is making sense to you. A lot of this, it's just a hard attitude that we carry. 
It doesn't mean you're going to go to wherever you think God lives and sit and call into work and say, I'm, I'm sitting waiting for God to come out the door, so I can't get there today, all right? It's not that, all right? It's, which is still better than, I gotta take my girlfriend to the lake, but anyway, that's another, that's another story. Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, it's not that, it's carrying this heart posture that, God, I want to hear what you have to say and I'm going to be in this posture. I'm going to be in this position in my heart to hear from you. I'm going to take time in my day. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to carry that attitude with me through the day. And, and my heart is, I will be where you want to be. Um, I've seen so many situations over the years. You know, there's, there's another place where it talks about the wisdom of God calling out from the high places and, and, and speaking in, in the intersections, you know, the places of choice, the places of decision in our lives. And I know in my heart, there have been a number of times, you know, it comes back to this God setting a table thing. God sets a table for us in these places, whether it's your devotional time, your connection in the body of Christ, wherever it is, God sets a table in those places. And I know there have been times where the Lord gave us in this, in this room, in this place, a specific word from him. And I've stood there and I've struggled because I didn't know who the word was for but I knew that the person that it was for, the primary person it was for, wasn't there and wasn't in the room. And yet the Lord's, you know, urging me to stand up and give this word. And there are always others that receive whatever it is and they needed to hear what it is. And I can't describe that any better, but there have been a number of times where I knew in my heart, the primary person that he set that table for that day wasn't there and he had us give it anyway. And the only thing I can figure out is it's just because he's faithful and he's going to do, I suspect, this is just, I suspect, okay? I suspect the Lord put it on that person's heart to be here and they didn't come for whatever reason. They didn't come. They didn't give themselves to it. But God set the table anyway. He put it out there anyway. So all I'm trying to say in that is we have a responsibility in lifestyle, you know, to, to follow the leading and the urging of the Lord, to be where he's going to be, to, to if, if he's saying to go and to do something, go and do it. If he's saying, wait, stay here, don't make this change, don't move yet, wait, stay there, don't move yet. Stay, go when he goes, stay when he stays, set your heart to be where he's going to be to the best of your ability. We all miss it. None of us are perfect at this, but to the best of our ability, this is what we want to do. Let's move on. I just got to give you a couple more things and we can be done today. Um, so I want to talk about this, this idea then of posture. Okay, and, and that's, that's just the way, again, posture is, is how we present ourselves before the Lord. It's, it's how we, 
It's a, it's a heart attitude. It's a heart thing. And, and we have this here again. The best example I can think of is, I see this in church a lot. There's, there's posture. And so there's, you have everything from, and I don't watch this that much, to be honest with you. So don't be nervous, but I see it once in a while. I don't care that much. Lord told me a long time ago when I first started ministering, told me a long time, gave me the Jeremiah scriptures about don't be moved by their faces, you know, and, and all that. And I've been so wrong at times about somebody who looked so bored or angry or whatever it might be is, you know, they looked like they were rejecting every word I said, and then they come up afterwards and they heard every word and they had received a bunch. So, so I've been way off on that. However, we're talking about posture before the Lord, but a lot of times you do, you have, you have people who are, they're attentive. And that's what the scripture tells us to be. It, it specifically in the, in the Hebrew, it says, have your ears pricked up toward the Lord. Be attentive. If you have a dog at home, you know how this looks when you have a hot dog in your hand. And, and that posture, that's the posture we're supposed to come to the Lord with. We, we want what he has. And, and I do. I see it in church. So there are people who are attentive. And, and it goes from that to then there are people, somebody brought a friend or their husband or something like that. And, and he's like this. And, and she's like, you know, like this is really going to be bad when we leave here, you know, but you can see the posture you can see. And he's like, I'm not listening to a word you have to say. And I'm thinking, I don't know why you're here, but I'm just trusting God to get something to you anyway. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. And, uh, and then there's, and then there's, these are always good. Then there's the, I am in so much pain having been dragged here today. I'm just, I want you to know how painful it is for me to be here. And again, for me, it's like, I don't care. It's, you know, I really don't. I mean, on some level, I get concerned for your spiritual life. But as far as for me personally, I don't care. But, uh, but when we go before God, what is our heart posture? What is, do you look like you got dragged in to a few minutes with him in the morning, do, do, you, do you look that way? Probably not, because then you're probably not there. Do you more, probably more importantly, I don't know what happened to my headset. I wonder if this is Annie's headset. It sure doesn't fit me. Um, more importantly might be when you come before him, are you terrified? I mean, I run into people like that, that they, they just, they don't know how much he loves them and what he's done for them and, and that he loves having that time with them. And they're really scared that God's going to do something bad in their lives. And that, that has to be, they don't really know who he is yet. You know, are you, you know, do you, you know, what is your posture when you come in? Because the scripture tells us that what it, it needs to be, here's, here it is, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. It says, son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. That word attend is that word that means to prick up the ears, to give full attention to. You know, it's, it's that I really want to hear what you have. And and it's interesting because it's a careful listening posture 
with the full intention of yielding to, submitting to, obeying whatever is said, carrying away whatever is said. So it's, it's again, not, you're not just there even just to hear. You're there to really listen and to carry away what he said. Let me just read a couple more scriptures to you and, and we'll be done. Um, there's a lot I could say about this, but the scripture tells, I just want to give you this little list this morning. Let me read to you from, um, let's read from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. This talks to us about drawing near to God. There are a lot of places in the scripture and in the New Testament that talk to us about this idea of drawing near to God and that there are specific attitudes of heart that help us to draw near to God. So it says, this is Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, notice that word confidence, to enter the most holy place, that's the presence of God, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you hear the day approaching. So one more, uh, just Hebrews 4.16. Let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. So there are a bunch of things mentioned there, but here's just a, a short list. Heart postures that position us uh, to hear from God, to have these encounters with God. And the first one, it talks about faith. And we've got to remember that faith, it, it's confidence. The, the scripture actually uses two different words for this, but faith is something that comes from God, all right? Without doing a whole teaching on that, uh, the scripture tells us that faith comes by hearing what God is speaking to us. So basically, spend time with God, spend time in intimacy with God, spend time in his word, spend time listening to him. As we have those interactions with him, we grow in faith. And it talks about confidence, coming to him, drawing near to him with confidence. And that's this sense of assurance and security that we have Again, from knowing what happened through the blood of Jesus Christ. Knowing that you are welcome in his presence. Knowing that even when we blow it, even when we've, you know, even when we've totally missed it, we are welcome to come to his presence and hear what he says. There's a confidence that can be established in our hearts about that. And, and knowing from that, it's a, it's, let me put it this way. It's a security, this confidence to come into his presence. It's a security that's born 
out of relationship. It's a boldness that's born from relational security. Maybe I could say it that way. When you have a good relationship with somebody, there's a boldness to come to them. There's a, there's a boldness to talk about what's really on your heart and to hear what's on their heart. And, and that's where this comes from. And the scripture says that we need to draw near to him with that kind of confidence. Uh, it mentions hope, all right? In several places in the New Testament, it says that the hope that we have in Christ enables us to draw near to God. Hope in the scripture means confident expectation of good. And it's based on what Jesus Christ did. There should be hope in our lives. There should be, uh, if we're understanding who he is and what he has done, there's no place for hopelessness in our lives. And the scripture says that this is one of the heart postures. When we come to him, we need to come with confident expectation that the Lord's going to reveal himself to me. The Lord's going to show me something. The Lord's going to teach me something. The Lord's going to speak to me. The Lord's maybe just going to encourage me or strengthen me or whatever it is. I have confident expectation of that because of what Jesus has done. Here's another one. Sorry to be rushing this, but I just need to get through this little list. Peace. Having peace in our hearts. Whenever we get to a place of fear, agitation, anger, offense. Whenever we get any of those kinds of things going in our heart and it, it takes, we have no peace at that point. Whenever we have those things going on in our heart, it's so important that we stop. And this is something I've been trying to practice lately is when I move into, if I move into start moving into fear, but you might call it worry, you might call it, you know, we have a bunch of different little names for it. It's all fear. And I start, if I find my heart moving over into fear or moving over into offense or anger, any of those things, I recognize I'm going to have a really hard time with that going on in my heart, making a strong connection with God. And what I have been trying to do is go back in my thinking, think back, where did, I where did I leave my peace? Where did I lose it? Where did I move away from it? There was some event, there was some thought, there was some interaction, there was some conversation, there was something where I lost it and I need to go back there and I need to on purpose pray through that until I find my peace again and then move forward. When we think about anger and offense, and that kind of thing. Uh, this just hit me so strongly this week when I was thinking about this. How much is it worth to you? How much is it worth to you to remain angry with somebody or in offense or that kind of self-defensive posture in your life? How much is that worth to you? Because it will absolutely disrupt the flow of you connecting with God. And it's not because God's upset with you. It's because our hearts get all messed up and it's really hard for us to make that connection. You know, how much is it worth? Because it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a lot. And the answer to it is to go before the Lord and get that thing forgiven. If you have to do it a hundred times, do it a hundred times. Get it forgiven. Get past the anger. Get past the fear. Get past whatever it is. Be intentional about watching 
the posture of your heart. Does that make sense to you? Okay, and I'll just I'll just give you these real quick. It uh, it talks to us about having a sincere heart in those verses we just read in Hebrews. That's a heart that is engaged with truth, with who God is and who He has, who He has said we are, and and all of that. It's engaged with truth rather than just running around on emotion. It's important to come with a heart that's free from condemnation. That means a heart that readily repents quickly receives forgiveness and quickly gives forgiveness. All right? There's, there's no condemnation coming from God. So if we're running around, condemnation means it's a sense that I'm unfit for use, I'm worthless, I'm no good. It's that whole thing. Uh, you know, it, it says that we need to come with a heart that's free from condemnation. And then finally, it does talk to us about a heart that's engaged in the body of Christ. It says that we need to keep meeting together. We need to not forsake that. I don't just say that to get you in church. It's just a fact. If we want to connect with God, if we want to have those connected moments, we want to increase that, then we need to be spending time. It says to do it more. As the day draws near, to do it more. Spend time together. All right, I hope you got something out of that. Let's stand up and pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, as always, I just, I, I put my confidence in you, Lord, that out of all of this, there are a few things that you spoke to each and every one of us. I know there are some things in this message you impacted my heart with. Father, I believe that every one of us in this room desire to have that kind of connected relationship with you. Father, to where we are hearing what you are saying to us on a daily basis. We are taking the direction you are giving. We are living our life with you at the center. And Father, I pray that as we go out of this place, Lord, and as we interact with our community, and Father, you've given us the assignment of reaching our community with your life and your love. And Father, as we go into those situations, we need to be hearing from you. We need your spirit all over us to do to complete the assignment that you've given to us. And so, Father, we just want to embrace again today, Lord, those transformational encounter moments, Lord, and we want more and more and more of them. And I just pray, Father, for everyone in this room, Lord, you lead us each individually, you disciple us each individually. I pray for every one of us, Father, that we would be increasingly hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to us, and we'll be quickly yielding and obeying that and carrying that life out into our community. And I thank you for it today, Father. I, I do want to pray, Lord, for all of our people that are traveling, Lord, all over the country right now, Father, for all those that are traveling. We just pray, Father, that they'd have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to minister to people, that they would be kept safe, that their vehicles would run fine, that their airplanes would stay in the air. Father, that, Lord, you would just surround them and keep them in all of this time. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to say this on the count of three, that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. We're going to be dismissed. There's lots of snacks out there. So everybody can hang around and enjoy one another. And you guys have a happy New Year. Is that what we're up to now? New Year? Yep. All right. Let's say it. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord or the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.